Welcome to Five Cats, Two Pussies. This is Ronnie. And this is Lindsay. And this is episode 50. 50, dude. Woo! Holy shamolies. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is your first time uh, listening to 5C2P and you're like, well, cool, 50, whatever. We are counting down to episode 52, which will air later this month. And we are excited. Our one year anniversary. So excited. Coming right up. So excited. Not as excited as I am for this episode, though. Dude, right? <laughs> we are going to talk about potions today. Ooh. We continue our sort of spooky fall theme, and nothing is more spooky than a bubbling cauldron of potion. Truesies. <laughs> but before we get into that, Lindsay, how was your week? This week, I, I came to the realization that I think something is wrong with me. Uh-oh. I took a shower... I put on my undies and I looked down and one side of my bikini line <laughs> has like doubled. I'm like aging backwards or like my lady testosterone levels have spiked or something. Cause I looked down and instead of just like having a few stray hairs on my bikini line, there was like a bush on my right thigh. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Now I am clearly no doctor. Uh, but I will say, when you texted me this, I <laughs> lost my shit. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I think if people have been listening long enough, they know that I, I can get kind of lazy about, like, sure. shaving. I like shaving, <laughs> but, Everyone gets but I don't want to do it all the time. So this was quite the surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if it hap- like if it noticeably happens again, I don't know, if if like over a consistent couple of months you're like, no, one side is definitely growing more than the other, <laughs> then you should probably get that checked out. <laughs> oh, I'm, a, I'm a bartender. I don't have health insurance. I'm just going to let it grow. <laughs> I did the next shower shave it because I was so disturbed, but <laughs> <laughs> I had, I had a buddy that I used to live with when I first moved to Massachusetts, and he had to have a skin graft on his finger when he was younger, and they took some of his ball skin and oh. used and used that, and now he grows pubes on his finger. Oh what, God! dude! No oh way! My oh my God! That's horrifying. That He's really got to shave one of his fingers. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from this. <laughs> That's all I'm going to be able to think about now is also like, it wouldn't it be cool if it was like the inside of the index finger? So when everybody does like that mustache thing with their finger, oh, yeah. it was actually like, you've got little pubes. You have a right, little actual dude? mustache. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Could you imagine like forgetting to shave your finger and then picking your nose with it and then having pubes in your ew, fucking nose? Ew, ew, I can't imagine forgetting to shave my finger and then doing anything. <laughs> I forget to shave like one or two like witch hairs on my chin and I like, and I freak out that like everybody can see the microscopic <laughs> two-bit stubble that like, I'm just, so yeah, I would, I would immediately freak out and be like, everybody knows. <laughs> everybody knows about my finger pubes. <laughs> Hopefully he's not listening to us make fun of him. No, I hope he is. Oh, <laughs> I wish to know Poor more. <laughs> All right. Well, I have sort of a cat update for Ooh. this week. <laughs> So I think, you know, again, if you've been following along, we're, we're now technically four cats, not five cats. But 
the other night I went to bed super early like an old person and that meant I woke up at 2 a.m wide awake like I woke up at 2 a.m with the bolt awake let's like go upstairs and paint something or like I, I was just like like I've been asleep for five hours I'm ready to get up but obviously two in the morning is not the time to do that so I instead decided to lay in bed and look at pet finder oh no dude <laughs> which is something that I honestly have always done from time to time because I'm just like oh just look at the cute animals yeah. and so I, I started with the hamsters because for whatever reason MSPCA has a boatload of like hamsters and gerbils and shit like that and oh. I was like look how cute they are they I could are. have a hamster and I was like no I couldn't <laughs> 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 I would be we'd be five cats two pussies one hamster for one episode only <laughs> and then Kenway would eat it <laughs> but I did end up looking at the cats and how I judge whether or not I'm ready for another cat is when I look at those cats do I get excited about any of them because sometimes I looked at them like and I'm like nope this makes me sad I'm not ready and the other night I have to say I got excited about a cat oh and so there's a little kitty who is available and her name is blue Aww. she's all butt Oh, she's all white. Oh, with blue eyes. That's not going to be great for your wardrobe. <laughs> There's so much cat hair on everything. I mean, you're right. It, you're right. It's not. Yeah, you have two black cats and a bunch of black clothes. <laughs> Maybe I'll become like a white witch. <laughs> I'm never going to wear that much white. It's going to be a problem. <laughs> but yeah, blue is... Um, is available for adoption. So maybe if you're in the Massachusetts area and you're thinking about getting another cat, this is my plug for blue. All but four months old, piercing blue eyes, completely white, but not deaf. I always thought white cats were deaf for some reason. There's like a, a percentage yeah. chance of them becoming or being deaf, I think. Well, she's not deaf, but she is a lap cat and loves to make biscuits. Oh. And is currently uh, being housed with three or four other kittens that were all given up at the same time. And all of the rest of them are black. And so she's the one fatty white kitten in with all of the black kittens. And the black kittens are younger and were separated too early from their mom. Oh. And so they suckle. And she lets them suckle on her head. Oh, that's... <laughs> and does not get mad at them. And whenever they mew, if she gets up and, like, kind of like Mama Panda, if she gets up to, like, go do blue things and they cry, she comes back to check on them. Oh, that is so sweet. And I was like... Kenway suckles and Django needs a mom. Yeah. <laughs> so here's my plug for Blue. If you're thinking about getting a cat in the Massachusetts area, check her out. Uh, I think she's an MSPCA, but either way, uh, she's definitely on Pet Finder. So go check her out. So, so cool. cute. So She's so cute. So cool. I'd have to rename her, though. You know what we should do? What's that? We should light the ritual candle before <laughs> we forget. You are correct, <laughs> madam. <laughs> All right, I'm going to put down my papers and and see if I can get this baby to light. It's a little breezy outside today because we are, of course, recording distanced outside. So you may hear a blue jay. There's been a lot of dick blue jays around lately. Yeah, there's this guy that's been hanging out and screaming, like very loudly screaming. Louder than any blue jay I've ever heard. And he's screaming and then pecking the branch that he's on. So I really don't know what that's all about. All right. <laughs> <laughs> first first match was a dud, but we are off to the races now. Still using that beautiful ritual candle from Bisom. 
And I could not recommend them more. Super fast shipping and dope candle. (laughs) Plugs away. One last plug before we take a little break. And that is for doing a little something good. So just as a reminder, um, if you are interested in getting a tarot reading virtually by yours truly, then all you need to do is make a donation to a charity of uh, of your preference. Whatever cause is near and dear to your hearts, obviously, we like animals, <laughs> and Black Lives Matters, and uh, LGBTQIA charities, but whatever means something to you, totally fine. Any amount. There is no amount too great, too small. We know it's tough out there, so if five bucks is what you've got for right now, awesome. If two bucks is what you've got, doesn't matter. Donate what you can. Send us a little snap on Instagram, and I'll schedule a tarot reading for you. And just as a reminder, that is 5C2PPod on Instagram. Yeah. Sweet. Well, we'll take a little break, and we'll come right on back to talk all about potions. Coolio. See you soon, witches. Thanks, man. We are going to talk about potions. Potions. Which immediately brings to mind, like, the like cartoon, Snow White, like, yes. Wicked Witch, Bubbling Cauldron, making a poison apple by, like, I think making potion and then making a poison potion and then dipping the and apple dipping in the it. Apple yeah. In, yeah. That bitty was my inspiration for everything, all, <laughs> everything witch. What if you had never seen that movie? <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably be like super boring. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'd definitely be less weird for sure. <laughs> but I think we were both, you know, going through ideas for spooky fall themes and poison and potions and bubbling cauldrons always come to mind. And <laughs> I was very excited to discover that we both had similar childhood hobbies of making potions with shit around the house. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if that's like an all little kids thing or if it's just the weird little kids thing. I also don't know. (laughs) I mean, I did mine with a friend, so there was at least a third. (laughs) Like, There's one more of us, and I don't think she was particularly weird. We just thought it would be fun to experiment. Yeah, it is fun to experiment. I used to do it a bunch, and it was because of Snow White. Like, I wouldn't have known what a potion was if I hadn't have watched that damn movie when I was five. <laughs> <laughs> so what was in your homemade potions, and were these with an intent? <laughs> Not really, no. It was usually Kelly and I, and Kelly! we would go into the bathroom and find whatever, like, liquidy bottle we could and dump it into the sink and mix it together. We'd, like, stop the sink, and it would be, like, like hand soap and Listerine and maybe some toothpaste or like some perfume that was in the cabinet. I remember Courtney catching us doing it once and coming in and seeing us with this perfume bottle and (laughs) screaming at us, that's expensive perfume, what are you doing? Courtney's an older sister. Yeah, she's the older (laughs) sister. (laughs) That's what immediately I was like, and this $150 bottle of like perfume (laughs) into the sink. And then eventually, um, the younger sister, Brittany, she started doing a lot of potion making, too, but, like, on her own. 
Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we were all we were all kind of potion makers. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh making two different potions, I suppose, as a child. The first one was much less harmful and it was I liked to play house a lot. And that meant playing house outside, um, usually cooking with things that I would just like find in the woods. And um, w- at one point, my aunt, who was very knowledgeable about these types of things and kind of probably sort of herbalist, witchy inclined um, in her own way, uh, asked me what was in the quote unquote tea that I made. And I explained to her that I, it was a handful of pine needles and these shiny leaves that I had found and some berries. And she got me to show her what like I had put in. Turns out it was pine needles, wild bay leaves, and elderflower berries. Oh. And, uh, yeah. And so she, she was like, oh, you can actually drink this. You shouldn't. Uh, she was very clear that you shouldn't always drink this. <laughs> but I remember it being the first time that I just, like, threw some random shit together in a pot playing house. And she was like, no, you can you can drink this tea. And we drank it. Uh, don't remember if it was good or not. <laughs> but she was a great aunt and, and drank it. Uh, but the second time was a little less nice. Oh, no. <laughs> you went all like Wicked Witch with it? Oh, yeah. And I think this is going to be one of those ones where, hi, mom. <laughs> oh. <laughs> She's going to listen and then be like, you did what? <laughs> 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 so I, I don't know. It's probably some, I want to say I was somewhere around 10. I was old enough to know better, but young enough to like still want to like, pl- like play and not just like play video games, I guess. I don't know. And my friend Tandy came over. My brother, who was two years younger than me, was super annoying to us. And she suggested that we make a potion to make him throw up, essentially. And so we (laughs) took an old empty soda bottle and we took everything from under the kitchen sink and mixed it in this one soda bottle. It was a lot of blue. Ooh. So there was... Dawn dish soap, I do remember that, or whatever brand, but it was blue. And Windex, also blue. And some Mr. Clean all-purpose cleaner, which made it this cool green color. And then bleach (laughs) and comet (laughs) and several other things that should never go anywhere near each other, let alone into a child. (laughs) I remember we did top it off with ginger ale because our thought was we wanted it to be fizzy um, so he wouldn't notice all of the bad tasting chemicals. (laughs) 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 And we just, again, we we wanted him to throw up. We wanted him to like just, I don't know, puke and stop annoying us. Did you end up giving it to him? No, we didn't. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> right before we were like, okay, let's go do this. I like took one last look at all these things sort of lined up on the counter and realized how many little like poison symbols were on them oh. all. I was like, I don't think we should do this. I chickened out. Thank God. Yeah. I definitely would have gotten in, not only in trouble, but probably killed my brother. Uh, not that I think he would have actually drank it. I don't think he's that dumb. But uh, we dumped it out because we, then we were super embarrassed. So we dumped it out under an old pine tree in our yard. And the fizzle that that made when it hit the dead pine needles was atrocious. And we were like, basically, we both agreed after that. We were like, we'll never speak of this again until now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. well, that was my, 
my my real first experience into potion making and that potions can sometimes be bad. <laughs> Did you ever tell your brother that you had planned that? I don't think so. Ooh. His wife listens. So, <laughs> hi Rosie. <laughs> 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 I don't think I've ever shared that with him, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose we should answer the question, what is a potion? Right. Absolutely. So there's a lot of little nuances here to go through. But essentially, a potion is an, an infusion, an, a decoction, a brew. It's a, It's a liquid that is meant to be taken internally as opposed to like an oil you rub on your skin. So an ingested liquid with magical purpose. That's a potion. Cool. Now that magical purpose can be a little loosey-goosey. So I think when I think potion, typically uh, the first one that comes to mind is love potion. Oh yeah, absolutely. Or like potion of life, like everlasting life, or healing potions in D and D, or like potions of giant strength, and like like they yeah. they have an actual like true magical thing where it's like you know all of a sudden your wounds magically heal or somebody magically falls in love with you. But technically, uh, when you think about things like green witchdom and the fact that herbs are seen as not only having magical properties, but medicinal properties and using herbs in medicine as a green witch. Technically, you could consider things like herbal teas that are blended together for a specific purpose. Maybe it's a cleansing energy. Maybe it's a welcoming goddess tea. Maybe it's something as simple as um, cold and flu teas. But if they are created with an intention and then consumed as a beverage could be a potion. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. I think that anything that gives you like some sort of uh, like, as I guess as far as like a video game terms go, <laughs> like status effect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could consider it a potion. I'm going to go ahead and start calling my Coca-Cola a potion. I think that that's totally reasonable. I, I wonder, though, I think where I would personally draw the line is the person or people making the potion have to put their intent into it. And I question whether the line workers at a Coca-Cola factory have any intention when they are making the Coca-Cola versus, you know, somebody who is blending together a specific tea for like for a specific person or for um, a specific use kind of thing. Like I think in, for me, Intention has a lot to do with the magical properties of something. Fair. But like olden days, Coca-Cola used to contain cocaine. Yes. So they did have the intention of like amping people the fuck up. Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And I, I, at a very fundamental level, I completely agree. Like Coca-Cola is a potion. But maybe doesn't have that magical oomph to fair. it. Fair would like tonic be a better term for Coca Cola? Maybe. So this is a, a sort of great introduction to all of the other freaking terms <laughs> that are used around <laughs> potions, because I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just larpers. Maybe it's people that play D and D. Maybe it's people that are interested in like old timey like collectibles of bottles and stuff. But it's always like teas, tonics concoctions, decoctions, infusions, tinctures, like all of these different words that are basically like 
liquid herbal something. Whereas like a tonic, I think is actually really great for Coca-Cola, especially in its purest old timey form. <laughs> because a tonic is something that is tonifying. And that just means it's invigorating. It's a beverage that is consumed to invigorate or stimulate some part of the body. So that could be energy levels. It could be mind powers. It could be like anything like five hour energy drink is a great example of a tonic because it's there to like m increase your alertness and your energy levels. And same thing with Coca-Cola or what have you. A tonic is something that has a specific use that is whether or not it actually achieves that is debatable. But it, anything that is supposed to invigorate the body. All right. All right. That's fair. But what if, like, what if Engineer Dan mixed something into his Coca-Cola with, like, the intention of, of in inducing something else upon his body? Sure. Uh, so if he made, like, a rum and coke? Yeah. Um, if he did it, m like, with a magical intention, I would personally consider that a potion. Yeah, potion. But, again, the intent there, like, being, you know, are, is it a magical intent to me? Again, that's a very personal thing. Uh, at its definition core level, sure, that would be a potion. Cool. But for me, there needs to be a magical intent there. I think rum and cokes are gross. <laughs> 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 uh, but there's a bunch of other words here, too. So I wanted to go through them a little bit because they come up quite often in uh, potion-making recipes as well as just when, like, discussing these types of things. So the first one is decoction. Ooh. So a decoction is basically boiling something that has uh, some substance, boiling a big piece of something. So a great example of this would be boiling a piece of burdock root to, to gather its, harness its energies, its flavor, its medicinal qualities, all of those things. And in a decoction, you truly, you boil it. So you take a big piece of something and you boil it. So uh, anything like that, now, the difference between that and maybe tea is tea is an infusion. You don't actually boil your tea. You don't put the tea in the pot with the water and then set it to boil. You boil your water and then you infuse the water with the tea afterwards. Okay. Same thing with like um, iced tea or moon water or anything like that. That's an infusion. Just letting something sit and steep and infuse as opposed to boil sh the shit out of it. <laughs> now, can a uh, decoction be used as an ingredient in a potion. Yes, both an infusion and a decoction could absolutely be ingredients in a potion. Cool. Uh, and the last one is tincture. Or sorry, not the last one. Second to last here. Tincture uh, is an extract. Um, so a tincture is an extraction. Could be an oil. That's usually the one that most people think of is an oil extraction. Could also be in something like vinegar. Uh, and it is a much more concentrated form of a herbal extraction. So, um, you know, little jars of lemon balm uh, extraction with a little eye droplet for mood elevator, for example, that's a tincture. And it's a single thing. So it's not lemon balm and also time and blah, 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 blah. So old-timey medicine dealers, tonics in, like, are more of a potion. They're, a tonic is 
here's a bunch of things mixed together that invigorates you. <laughs> and here's your Coca-Cola. And a tincture is, here's your eye droplet of something really concentrated. And you take like two under your tongue twice a day to be smarter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do that with CBD sometimes. Yeah. 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 Great. That's perfect. That's a tincture. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one is an elixir. Elixirs. So an elixir is probably the closest to a potion. But an elixir is specifically alchemical, which is its own witchcraft science, essentially. And we'll do a future episode on alchemy, but we also want to, it's one of those topics where we want to get it right, so we need to do a little bit more research on that. But essentially, an elixir is an alchemical preparation that mixes three elements, and it's always something that represents salt, something that represents sulfur, and something that represents mercury, because oh. these are the three alchemical components that are really important for creating a magical property or alchemical effect in this particular type of practice. So for salt, you would make an ash of the herb. For sulfur, typically it's a volatile oil extract. And for mercury, it's fermenting the herb. Oh. So you would take some uh, the ash of the herb, an oil extract, and a fermented herb. And you would mix these together with a specific intent and use for each of the herbs that are involved, often aligning with planetary alignments and that type of thing. And that would be your elixir. So it's a much more scientific approach, I suppose. It's very measured. It's a much more calculated recipe um, than more simple potion making. I, I'm afraid to use the word simple there, but, <laughs> but potion making is... Uh, is a little more free form finger painting, oil painting, what have you. And, um, and elixirs are a little bit more like paint by numbers. Oh, okay. I get yeah. it. I totally get it. Yeah. I like to think when I'm at work that I make potions for people. Oh. And I often think about it when I am nice. when I am mixing cocktails for people. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like. A good time potion, like, here you go, drink this delicious drink, you're gonna love it, I put all of my love into it for you, you're gonna have a great time, and you're gonna give me money. <laughs> <laughs> I like the intent of that, like, because I, I seen you talk about and heard you talk about you know cocktails and your thoughts on different standard recipes and that sort of thing and you do have a lot of like care and love that goes into those when you're making them and I like that level of intention of you want the person who's consuming that to have the best possible time I do I absolutely do even if I hate them because like <laughs> let's we gotta be real man a lot of people who go into bars not so cool but a lot of them are, so, and you can't really judge them until they get drunk, really. <laughs> so this is a, uh, would you say this is a, some sort of personality identifying potion? Sure, yeah. <laughs> Drink several of these and I'll tell you if you're an asshole. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, we actually wanted to make a little potion for everyone which means that Lindsay's going to make us a cocktail. I am going to make us a cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're going to talk about, we're going to take a little break in a second to talk about, uh, to go make that cocktail and then talk about, 
you know, how we did that afterwards. But I wanted to just put a couple of more like ground rules out there on the potion making. Yeah. Because I'm sure some witches listening going, but you didn't talk about these things. So just to just to put it out there, a lot of times when it comes to actual potion making, there's different things that you could or could not, depending on your practice, incorporate, which, you know, including things like lunar alignment so certain potions are made on the full moon same as like certain herbs are picked on the full moon when was the herb that you picked harvested how does that affect your potion things like planetary alignment and seasonal adjustments casting a ritual circle often i think that's the most common one that i've seen is that if you're truly going to sit down and make a potion with magical intent you should make that inside of a ritual circle even if it's just casting a circle inside your kitchen and making that a magical spiritual place uh, making it in a cauldron which is a specific type of pot but could also <laughs> be whatever <laughs> it's your cauldron it's kind of like your mortar and pestle uh, and then the last one is you oftentimes want to include some sort of spell work with it. So the potion itself incorporates the spell or you cast a spell while making the potion or before making the potion or after making the potion, etc., etc. But I think that there's a lot of free form that goes into that and you'll look you can look up just simply google like something very common like love potion and get literal sites that are like 150 different love potions oh <laughs> so, my goodness so you can really pick and choose what is important to you and your practice and for Lindsay, it's cocktails it's cocktails <laughs> i think they're the most fun potions <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna take a break and then make our cocktail come on back and we'll tell you all about it yeah. I'm so nervous about this. <laughs> you know what? I think it'll be drinkable yeah, at the very yeah. least. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Catch you in a second, witches. Welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the 5C2P cocktail hour. <laughs> Lindsay has made us a potion. I did make us a potion. <laughs> well, we, we made us a potion. Fair. Well, we made ingredients. <laughs> so we made an infused simple syrup. Or actually, it's probably more technically more of a decoction because we boiled the shit out of that. We did. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> so we'll, we'll tell you all a little bit about how we made this simple in a second. But first, I really want to try this. It looks lovely. I can't wait to share a photo. And I feel like the photo on Instagram may not do it justice. It's it's a little murky looking. <laughs> it's But it's <laughs> honest to God, I could not imagine a cocktail that is more potion looking. It's, right? it's this kind of army green color. <laughs> It definitely took on the color of our simple syrup. Right. Yeah. It's it, it's <laughs> it's a little gray green, but then it's got this beautiful piece of lemon peel in there that really pops. I don't know. I think it's a very attractive cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to see how it tastes. So I modeled this after the old fashioned. It's my favorite cocktail. And it's one that I think that you can riff off of pretty easily. And I'm not talking like the newfangled old fashioned where people like muddle uh, 
like orange and cherry into it. I'm talking like original old fashioned recipe where it was just sugar, water, bitters, and a spirit. Okay. And a, just a spirit, any spirit. Usually like a whiskey, but yeah, okay. you can, I people used like brandy and, oh, okay, and stuff cool. like that too. So yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So that's our inspiration. What is in this one? So in this one, and for the full recipe, I did four dashes of black walnut bitters, three quarters of an ounce of our special, special simple syrup. Uh, I used two ounces of Rittenhouse Rye whiskey. I expressed a little lemon twist over it and rimmed the glass. Drop that in. And that's just sort of twisting the zest to get the juicy bits on there. Yeah, giving it some of that citrusy aromatics. And then additionally garnished it with a Luxardo Maraschino cherry. Awesome. And this is uh, on the rocks. On the rocks, yeah. Cool. Yep. Awesome. Stir it. Don't shake it. Otherwise, it's going to be cloudy. (laughs) Or, (laughs) oh, no. (laughs) As I, like, look at my cloudy I know, right? (laughs) I know. So, I think uh, I I definitely want to try this, but I don't think it gives up the ghost too much to share that our special simple syrup is mugwort apple. Yeah. So that's where that green comes from. I'm gonna give the. I'm going <laughs> waiting for Lindsay to try it first. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I think I could have gone like half ounce on the simple syrup, but I don't hate it. <laughs> it's actually way better than I thought it would be. But it's also very sweet. So yeah, yeah. I started with a half ounce, and then I like spoon tasted it, and it was like I could use a little more. I am getting a lot of the uh the black walnut oddly enough. Yeah. Um I I kind of like this. Yeah, it's not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Engineer Dan, what do you think? We made one for Engineer Dan too. Hey guys. Uh I was just in here photo shooting mm. for the Insta 5C2P pod. And uh yeah, I here's my thing about it. It it's fantastic. It smell I I really pulled the lemon on the nose. Same. Yeah. Because and that I wanted that. Really, really I really wanted that desperately. And that's exactly what I got. But then when I tried it, I was like, this is really very sweet up front. But then it, ling- it lingers into that walnutty vibe on the back end. I can't taste the spirit in it at all. Beyond the fact that, you know, I've got that alcohol burn, aftertaste, whatever. Like, I know there's alcohol in it, but if you asked me to identify what it is, I'd probably say gin, just like, (laughs) just as a default. It doesn't taste like whiskey. No, it Uh, doesn't. And I would probably say gin because the other, the flavors that I'm getting are citrus from the lemon, this nutty bitters taste, and this like herbal aromatic taste from the mugwort. So they've completely masked the, you used Rittenhouse Rye? I used Rittenhouse Rye, yeah. And yeah, and then it's all sort of dipped in this like candy coating. <laughs> yeah, I think what it needs is either a quarter ounce less of simple or an additional ounce of the Rittenhouse. Fair. I don't want to make you make it again, but now I'm not going to make it. <laughs> but now I'm super <laughs> curious what what the alternate recipe would taste like. But this is actually this is pretty good. 
So uh, the other night, we decided, when we decided that we wanted to make potions as uh, episode 50, and that that would involve cocktails, we came up with the uh, clever idea of let's make a simple syrup. Actually, we didn't. Our friend Grant came up with the very clever idea to make a simple syrup. Well, no, we came up with the simple syrup okay. idea. He came up with the idea of boiling it in a cauldron uh, over the fire. Yes, yeah, see, I'm <laughs> trying to tell a story where I wasn't there. <laughs> when I should just shut my mouth and let <laughs> let Lindsay tell it. <laughs> yeah, no, we were we were talking about um, the different like fall flavors, and we had just gone apple picking, so we thought that maybe this would be a good use for some of the bazillion apples that we got. <laughs> uh, and we were talking about, you know, how much we love mugwort. So we were like, let's toss in some mugwort. And you you also suggested thyme because you also grow thyme, which is another great fall flavor, and especially with apples. But since mugwort is in such abundance in this yard, we'd, we were like, yeah, let's just try the mugwort. And I was telling Grant about it. And he was like, oh, you guys should totally, like, stick a, like, cauldron or like a uh what did, what did he say oh, a, dutch a dutch oven, oven a dutch oven over the fire pit in the back and boil it like a cauldron and i was like that's the best idea ever it, and that truly is and uh, and that would be a wonderful thing to own in the future is the tripod dutch oven combo for over yeah. the fire pit because i will 100% make us a, a potion or a stew in that but <laughs> Since we don't have a tripod or a fire pit friendly Dutch oven, we do have a very large and heavy cast iron frying pan that is specifically purchased for uh, fire cooking. Yeah. So we built fire with the help of engineer Dan, uh, making sure that it was level because I can build a fire, but I'm not always great at making sure it would be a flat fire and safe enough for cast iron pan to go on. And then we... Uh, we put in some water, got that thing rocking hot. <laughs> oh my God, it was so hot. <laughs> uh, like insta-boil on a quart of water, threw in a couple of chopped up apples and a couple of large bundles and fistfuls of mugwort leaves and like just boiled the heck out of it. We did. So yeah, 100% of decoction because everything was large and chunky and... We added water as was necessary. And what we wanted to do there was draw out the flavors of the mugwort and the sweetness of the apple into the liquid and then make a simple syrup with the liquid as opposed to also add the sugar in there, which I wanted to do right away <laughs> in full transparency. <laughs> and so glad the engineer Dan was like, that's hotter than you think it is. <laughs> because I would have definitely ruined that cast iron pan putting sugar in there. It would have just like become an instant caramelized pan. <laughs> True, it would have. <laughs> but the liquid itself has this like gray-green color, very deep gray-green color. I think the liquid on its own tastes like the cast iron pan. I don't. I, get this I don't weird get the pan at all. Oh, I think that the bitter is from the mugwort. I really do. I think that once you boil down the mugwort, that's like that's where the bitter comes. I'm from. not. Yeah, that's fair. And mugwort definitely has this bitter like flavor all on its own. Uh, but I didn't get any sweetness from the apple. I just I felt like I was l like licking the cast iron pan. <laughs> but the the cocktail doesn't taste like that at all. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I uh, I think quarter ounce less of simple syrup, half an ounce total for the cocktail. 
I personally am finding that the when we sm- remember when we smoked mugwort, that was fantastic. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. One of our favorite things to smoke. And I am finding that I'm getting a little bit of the mugwort vibe bodily. You know what? I kind of am too. I was just going <laughs> to say that. And that's so do- cool. And that's a dope thing. Yeah, I was literally just sitting here thinking I've had four sips of this cocktail, and true sips of this cocktail, thinking to myself, man, is this because I didn't eat lunch? Am I getting a little drunk off of four sips? (laughs) But you're right. It's the same sort of like heady, relaxed feeling that I get from the mugwort into the cocktail. Yeah. I love it. I like it too. Successful potion. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) You can smoke it and you can drink it. Absolutely. (laughs) This is like a perfect after a meal cocktail hour like chill out drink. Yeah, I, I think this would be like my before bed cocktail. I like a if I'm like if it's an evening where I'm just kind of chilling and maybe I'd taken a bath or painted my nails or just chilling and reading a book, whatever. But like something really low key. It's usually not something where I'm also drinking. But if that's the case, I like like a whiskey before bed, yeah. like a single cocktail before bed, and this would be perfect because I'm getting that kind of like relaxed vibe from it. And I like to smoke mugwort before I go to bed if I've had a string of nights where I'm troubles ha- where I have trouble sleeping. So I think that this would be lovely. Yeah, I think so well, too. High f- virtual high five Woo. across the patio. Woo. Woo. Smack. <laughs> <laughs> nice work, Lindsay. Thanks. <laughs> this is a very tasty uh, cocktail and very effective potion. So before we totally wrap up for today, we've got a couple of updates yeah. for the listeners. And the first one is a fact check from Mama Hazel. Mama Hazel. So, episode 47, 48? 48. 48. Episode 48. We covered our own sort of personal stories, our our haunted tales. And one of the ones that I shared was about a restaurant that I had first worked in back in Shelburne, Nova Scotia, called Charlotte Lane with the Ghost of Charlotte. Now, this was the first time my mom had ever heard this story. And... So when we were chatting earlier this week, she had done some fact checking for us, which is phenomenal. I love it. (laughs) She uh, still lives in Shelburne and uh, has a friend who is very, very familiar with the uh, genealogy, uh, historical side of all of the houses in Shelburne. He runs walking tours of that particular area. And these are a lot of old houses. And she checked with him to call and, and basically say, like, hey, is this true? What else have you heard about the ghosts of Charlotte or Charlotte Lane, etc.? Turns out there was never anybody named Charlotte that lived on Charlotte Lane. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So the fact check here is that uh, the street was named Charlotte Lane after, like, some fancy British dude's daughter. And this is a loyalist settlement, so all of those folks who left the states when the states were like, fuck England, uh, went mostly to Canada, (laughs) and a lot of them settled places like my hometown. So they were very loyal to uh, England, and thus all of the street names in that area are uh, after people or places in England. Oh, okay. And so this one was after some, like, fancy, like, fancy dude's daughter. 
Nobody named Charlotte ever lived on that street uh, from a historical standpoint. Nobody named Charlotte lived or owned that house. Nobody named Charlotte died in that house. Oh. Now, the one thing to note here is that this particular building has been a store for most of its existence. It was built as a general store. And in my childhood, it was a co-op. And throughout these particular tales of uses, it was frequently haunted. Oh. So this is not the first time he has heard uh, this particular gentleman who does the history side of these houses. It was not the first time he had heard the story of the haunting of Charlotte or the haunting of Charlotte Lane kind of thing. So it's not uncommon for tales to come from this house, but it has nothing to do with a girl named Charlotte. All right. So <laughs> a little a little update there. Doesn't doesn't change the fact that that blender turned on while yeah. unplugged. <laughs> doesn't change the fact that there is still a haunting there. Yes, yes. There's still it's a haunting. It's just not there. Charlotte. <laughs> it's yeah. Just <laughs> nobody named Charlotte ever lived in that house. <laughs> so thank you, Mama Hazel, for uh, for checking up on that for us, and you know, one of these days we'll do a story where you know maybe Mama Hazel can drop in and and share you know a particular haunted tale or give us the the download herself. I but. would love that. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, you witches give me the word, and I will patch Hazel through to <laughs> the board. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I think she'd love that. <laughs> um. Engineer Dan. Yes. You've got a panda corner. Panda! Yes. Ah, panda corner update. Yes. <laughs> yes. I have I have two things I want to say. Thing number one to all you clickbait journalists who are naming your articles, baby panda is finally cute. You can bite my butt. Oh, oh it's always been cute. It has it's always been, been cute. That was, was the cutest stick of butter. Oh. <laughs> it came out all cute and vulnerable, and the, the love that Mama gave to Baby was a beautiful thing, so up your butt, all right? If, if, you're, if you're not into that. If you are into that, whatever you're not into, that. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Baby Panda, DNA, test results are in. This is a male-bodied baby panda. Aww. Yeah. As we've stated before, we had predictions, but at the end of the day, panda's going to panda, and whatever that panda wants to be, great, but it has boy parts. So this is baby boy panda number two for Mama Panda, right? This yeah. is your fourth kid. Oh, I don't know. I don't know which what the gender ratio is. I know Bow was a boy, but I don't know. Typically, they're born in twos. This guy came out solo. Good for him. Way to be <laughs> a strong, independent panda. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, happy, healthy. He is as round as he is long. Oh, oh no. And I think that, you oh, know, no. I, I, honestly, the pictures that I'm seeing, like when you were talking about blue earlier in the episode, Ronnie, I was like, you know what? This panda is kind of bluish. It's a, a lot of. It's a lot of butt. Got a lot of booty. Got a lot of booty. Oh man. <laughs> Super cutie. A lot of booty. <laughs> totally. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Could totally rename blue panda. Panda. Totally. <laughs> <could>. <laughs> Why would you call it panda when it's all white? I don't know. 
It's an awkward panda. (laughs) There's no such thing as an awkward panda. Panda's going to panda, baby. I have on good authority that this particular panda has taken the panda oath. And the panda... (laughs) The panda oath is that it is a carnivore, but it will be it'll be straight edge. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome! Uh, I can't wait to see what they decide to name this one, so we can stop calling it Baby Panda and and give it a name. But cocktails and potions and pandas. Don't forget, if you want your tarot's read, make a donation. Drop us a line at five C two P Pod. Until next week, remember. No pervs, no Nazis. Totally. Panda!